If you could book a trip on a time machine, would you go to the past or would you go to the future? No matter what you would answer to that question, we are a future-oriented people. We have hopes, we have dreams, we have things that we look forward to. You know, if we could get into your mind a little bit, maybe there's a vacation that you're looking forward to, or maybe there's a game you're hoping to watch, or you have tickets to, or maybe you're just looking for a little bit of sleep on a Saturday morning. Students, you're looking forward to finishing the semester, or maybe, maybe you're looking forward to buying a new house, or, or maybe there's a new grandbaby that you can't wait to meet. We are a future-oriented people. What are your hopes for the future? If you could travel into the future, what would you hope to discover? So on Central's 30-year anniversary, what kind of church do you hope to be in the future? I can't time travel. Um, But I can tell you that we're going to do everything it takes to make sure that we will always be a church that seeks to do the work of God. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is a famous chapter in the Bible. There's a lot that happens there. Jesus feeds 5,000. Jesus walks on the water. Jesus says the famous words, I am the bread of life. So John chapter 6 is huge, but I want to call your attention to just one verse. One thing Jesus tells the crowds. Look in verse 29, John chapter 6, verse 29. Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. As long as it depends on me, Central will always be a church that seeks to do the work of God. What is the work of God? Jesus clearly defines it in verse 29. The work of God is to believe in the one that God has sent. The work of God is to believe in Jesus. And I want to take just a few minutes to briefly unpack what Jesus means by that in the context of John chapter 6. You see, at the beginning of John chapter 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000 miraculously. After this, the people want to make him king, but he withdraws to the the mountains to get away from them. And then he sends his disciples on across the lake, and and he's going to meet them on the other side of the lake, and so he begins to walk on the water to get away from the crowds. They, They only want him to be king because he filled their stomachs. And they, the crowd, they follow Jesus and his disciples to the other side of the lake. And so in verse 27, Jesus tells them, you're only seeking me because I filled your stomach. You're seeking after the wrong things. You should be seeking after eternal life. And their response in verse 28 is, we do, we want eternal life. We are seeking that. What do we need to do to get it? And that's when Jesus says in verse 29, oh, well, the work of God is to believe in Jesus. Here's what you have to do. Believe me. 
See, we want to complicate things. We, we want to get our hands dirty. We want to prove that we are able to make amends for the wrongs that we have done. But Jesus says that's not possible. What is required to have eternal life? Belief in Jesus. That's all. But what does it mean to believe Jesus? Well, Jesus is going to show us in John chapter 6, he's going to show us, he's going to point back to the feeding of the 5,000. That's just not a random story there. He's going to use that to explain what he means to believe. In verse 35 of John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. He's pointing back to the feeding of the 5,000. He said, I fed you miraculously, but you're still seeking after me because now you're hungry again. Why don't you let me feed you with something that will satisfy you forever? Really what Jesus is saying in this chapter is, he's saying, I am all that you need. I am the bread of life. Later on, he says, I am the bread of life. Feast on me. My body is your food. My blood is your drink. In other words, he's saying, I am life to you. I want you to notice, Jesus is not negotiating with anyone. They wanted to make him king, and he's not in the mood to negotiate. Now, admittedly, I'm not a very good negotiator. I will uh, buy things I don't need, and I'll spend too much money on things that I do need. Some of you that are salesmen are licking your chops. Uh, Look like a big sucker up here. But I do have some friends that are uh, good negotiators, some of the best. And I learned a long time ago, one of the questions I need to ask, a question I need to get the answer to, is what is your best price? And then once I discover what that best price is, if it's higher than what I'm willing to spend, then I need to be willing to walk away. Inevitably, what will happen in a sales situation when you walk away is the salesman wants to make the sale. So they'll say, wait, 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 wait. Let's discuss. Let's negotiate. Maybe I'll give a little and you'll give a little and we'll meet somewhere in the middle. Jesus is not negotiating. Jesus is saying, I am your life. Jesus demands to be everything. He will take nothing less. There is no negotiating. That is his best price. All of you. He wants to be everything you need. He wants to be the only thing that satisfies you. He wants to be your priceless treasure, and he will take nothing less. There is no negotiation. See, so many times we want to follow Jesus with qualifiers. As long as I can keep this, as long as I don't have to do that, as long as I don't have to go there, as long as Jesus doesn't make me forgive him or her. As long as I can continue to hide this. As long as I can continue to do what I want. As long as I continue to get what I want. As long as I'm not uncomfortable. As long as things stay the same. But Jesus doesn't negotiate. Take it or leave it. This is the best offer you get. 
He is all that you need. And what is required of you? Believe. What is is the work of God? To believe in Jesus, not that he exists. That's not what's on the table here. But to trust him, to take him at his word. When he says, I'm all that you need, I'm the bread of life, you believe him. That's the church we're going to be. A church that believes that Jesus is all that we need. A church that places all our hope in Jesus. A church that seeks to glorify Jesus. A church that seeks to take his name to our community, to our neighbors. And a church that seeks to take his name to the nation. If you could travel into the future, what would you hope to discover about our church? You see, this is a crucial moment in the history of Central. Our founding senior pastor is finishing his course. He has been faithful and is still faithfully leading us. But off in the distance, over there on the horizon is change. What do you think? What do you think our future days will hold? Is time travel possible? Stephen Hawking would say no. He says that the best evidence that we have that time travel is not real is that there's not a bunch of tourists from the future invading our space in the present. So he'll say time travel's not possible, so you can't go into the future. You can't know what kind of church we're going to be. But that's just not true. Time travel is real. Every single one of us is time traveling right now. We are speeding through time and space at the blistering rate of one second per one second. is we all make choices right now in the present that affect our future. So what kind of church are we going to be in the future? That depends. Because our future depends on what we do with our time, talent, treasure, and devotion in the present, second by second, moment by moment, as we march through time. See, the way I see it, our time travel isn't like a DeLorean speeding into the future and speeding into the past trying to manipulate our circumstances. But our church's time travel is more like a sailboat that charts its course and moves second by second, powered by the wind. See, here's what I believe. I believe that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches and apart from him, we can do nothing. I believe what Jesus says at the end of John chapter six where he says, it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no avail. I believe that when it comes to accomplishing the work of God in our community, that we cannot do it. We cannot do it apart from the power of the spirit. We've been in a sermon series the last few weeks, called the breath of God, and we've said multiple times that the Greek and Hebrew word for 
breath also means wind, that the Holy Spirit is like the wind of God. And I believe God's Spirit has been blowing like a wind. That the Spirit of Jesus has guided Central for 30 years. And I believe that the Spirit of Jesus will continue to guide us going forward. That, that the Spirit hasn't brought us out into the middle of the ocean to abandon us there with no way to get back to the shore. So what is required of us? Jesus says the, spirit, uh, the flesh is of no avail. So then what... What do we do? Well, well we believe. We, we raise our sail together. If central is a sailboat, a sail is useless without any wind. We don't go anywhere without the, spirit, the Spirit's power. So what's required of us, we raise our sail in belief, and we catch the wind. We believe Jesus. We believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the bread of life, but our belief leads us to specific acts of faith that put us in position ready for the move of God wherever and whenever. So we raise our sail. We raise our sail when we commit to Jesus' church. In John chapter 6 there's two reactions from the disciples when Jesus said some hard things. In verses 60 and verse 66, it says that some of the disciples thought what Jesus had to say was too hard, too big of a demand. And it says that many of the disciples left on that day. And as those disciples are leaving, Jesus looks at the 12 who are still sitting there. And he looks at his buddies and he says, what about you? You gonna leave too? And Peter stands up and he says, To whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Listen, some left and some stayed. Some left when things got tough, but some remained committed to the mission. I'm asking you to stay. I'm asking you to remain committed to the mission of Central. If you are a member of Central, you are a member because you have been, you have believed in the mission of Central. You are not just an attender, you are an owner. This church isn't a, a event, an event to attend. It's not a building to come to. It's a people to belong to. You have, seen Central's faith, you have seen God's faithfulness to Central in the past, and you know that God is being faithful to us right now, and you know in your heart of hearts, in the depth of your soul, you know that God is going to be faithful to us in the future. So I'm asking you to raise your commitment level to Central. I'm asking you to stay. See, we're a church that's built on the foundation of Scripture we are engaged and we are committed to fight for the hearts of the next generation. We are focused 
on intentional discipleship. We embrace our mission field, whether it's on the other side of the world or on the other side of the street. We know that we're better together. We dedicate ourselves to create safe places, and we're generous in all things, whether it's our time, our talent, or our treasure. We love God, and we love people. We love all people, and our goal is to make disciples of those people. We gather for worship. We know that it's not enough to just watch, so we gather, and we engage in worship We believe, we really do, that we're better together. And so we engage in small groups. We have something coming up. It's ABF Block Party. We've done a couple of years in a row. It's coming up in a few weeks where all of our 945 groups are going to be out there on the blacktop. And you'll get an opportunity to see all the groups and find a place to plug in. See, it's our dream that every person who calls Central home engages in a small group at Central. We also serve. We're a people who see the need and we meet the need and you have an opportunity to prove it. We say it all the time, but you have an opportunity to prove it with Love the Rock coming up, lovetherock.com. That's where you sign up and say, I'm gonna serve my community. And we give. We give generously, sacrificially, willingly, joyfully for the sake of the mission. So I'm asking you to affirm your commitment to these things. This is who we have been at Central. This is who we want to be. And the reason why is because we, we believe that this way of doing church is the best way to love God and to love people. Like this, this kind of church is the outcome of our belief. So this is a question. Will you raise your sail? Will you believe in Jesus? Will you raise your expectation that he's going to do greater things still? And will you stay? Will you raise your commitment to Central? Will you raise your sail? What kind of church are we going to be in the future? We're going to be a church that believes. And we're going to be one that acts accordingly.